What's going on, everybody? Are you as happy as we are that football is back? I sure hope so. Like we talk about almost every week on the podcast, it is important to have options when it comes to placing a bet and getting down on some action. Here on the AS Pod, we got the answer for you. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code AROUN21. That is A-R-O-N-E-2-1, AROUN21. You will receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks for your first deposit. Sign up now while you listen to us break down the games this week. Thanks for the support, and good luck the rest of the season. Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. Are you ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, September 18th, 2018. Your host, Frank Arone, here as always. Week two of NFL is in the books. A a trip to San Diego for the Arone Sports Brothers is in the books with a a host of others. And uh, and an insanely enjoyable uh, slash uh, terrifying game, (laughs) a very nerve-wracking game for uh, Vikings fans in the books that we uh, ended up watching in the San Diego airport with a flight delay that was... Actually, kind of a fun experience. Uh, so, so let's go to the guy who is uh, in the PGA Tour Grill with me, Rob. Bring you into the pod here, Rob. How you doing? Yeah, that was yeah, that was me. I was there. It was pretty entertaining. We had our little uh, mini sports book there at the corner of that restaurant and making all kinds of noise in the restaurant. I don't know if the employees liked us too much with all the cords and wires they had to jump and trip over and all the loud roars every time the Vikings did something good. But other than that, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Other than those 16 or $15 mimosas a piece that we paid for. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, those weren't cheap. That's for sure. Um, that's funny. Jeff waving his Vikings flag around is wrapped around his chest. And uh, there was actually a Packers contingent on the other side of the bar. So we were kind of cheering back and forth and that was a perfect game to do it for. Everyone got to make some cheers a little bit. It wasn't just one side getting railroaded. So that was pretty fun, other than the final kick that we saw right before we boarded the plane, which wasn't ideal and cost me a little bit of money, but uh, that's the way she goes. And you could also say they were kind of lucky to be in the first place. Yeah, pretty so, funny, too. With the, we are, we're boarding the plane. They're doing final boarding call. The gates are about to close, and everybody that was, uh, was obviously a Minneapolis flight, and everybody's sitting there watching the game, waiting for the final kick there, and no one's going up to the gate to check in. So it would have been interesting to see if it would have lasted another few minutes, if they would have actually closed the doors on half the plane, or if they would have allowed to, what would have happened. It would have been an interesting deal. Yeah, they announced with uh, whatever it was, 30 seconds left there before uh, they were, the Vikes were getting ready to line up Carlson for that final kick. They announced after both for the third time, they said, we're going to close the doors here. People don't start getting on the flight, which was kind of funny, the juxtaposition there of normal flights when it seems like people are fighting to you know cut in line to get on the flight sooner to, get, to leave faster. But anyway, that was kind of a cool experience. And uh, we, we actually did get to watch a good amount of the games because we had – you know, Red Zone channel, we were streaming uh, on the computers there and, um, you know, also following all the uh, score updates. And I had the cool DirecTV does this cool thing where 
when you stream it, you can watch your main game, and then you can also put three smaller games down below on the TV screen. So I had all those four going, plus I was able to kind of look over at your screen and watch some Red Zone on your laptop. So it was uh, actually you got to watch a decent amount of football considering it was a travel day for us. So that was kind of nice, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, take advantage of it here this week. So before we go any further, let's uh, do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. So how did week two treat you? Yeah, it's another pretty good week for me, and nice to have another good week after that opener. That's for sure. I fired on quite a few games. I felt pretty confident about last week. A lot of games that kind of stuck out, jumped off the page for me. The one thing, uh, one thing I got kind of got burned on was laying that chalk that I like. My two losers with New Orleans laying nine and Pittsburgh four and a half. Um, at New Orleans number, I got a little bit better than close myself, but the other one I released wasn't a whole lot better. And then Pittsburgh was about the close, so I didn't really get a whole lot of line value, but. Still don't really not like the plays, just uh, like in Pittsburgh there. I don't know, the offense did what they were supposed to do. I had the over in that game as well, like you, uh, your pick of the week was, and Pittsburgh did what they were supposed to do. It's just their defense couldn't really hold anything, and Kansas City's offense just, uh, you know, kind of like the week before, just kind of hard to stop and unstoppable. So when they put up 42 points, it's pretty hard to, to win when you're laying, laying four and a half there. But, uh, but yeah, the other games I had, Indianapolis plus six, that one came home, and then also had a big play in Miami. Uh, I did, I split that one up half and half, half on the point spread and half on the money line. So pretty big, uh, pretty big winner there. So ended up making a, a few units on the week and up to positive three point two five units on the season, five and two, so seventy one percent clip. So I'll uh, hopefully keep going in that direction here. Yeah, my weekend started off good with I had Cincy on Thursday night. That was pretty much a no sweat winner. That was a nice way to start the week, and then. Um, on the early games there, I had Houston that was, I got at minus two and they ended up jumping all the way up to minus three and a half and then closed at about minus three pretty much everywhere. Uh, and that was looking okay. I mean, they were kind of down and they fought back and they had the lead there late and then, uh, Tennessee kicked a couple field goals and Houston couldn't come back. So ended up just losing that one. And then I had, uh, I had Indy with you, which was pretty much never in doubt, right side or getting six there. Uh, they pretty much took it to Washington from the opening whistle. And then I had New England that was pretty much a never-in-doubt wrong side loser. They were just down from the beginning to that explosive Bortles-led offense. Um, and that was one we actually I didn't get to see much of because we were on the plane at the time. So, uh, you know, kind of uh, aggravating when you, <laughs> you turn off all your signals or whatever, and then you come back on, and uh, Jacksonville just handled the New England. So I ended up going 2-2 two and two on the week. Uh, not not great, but so that makes me uh, four and three overall for the year. So a slight winner, but nothing much. Hopefully, you can grab some traction here. Uh, however, I did get my pick of the week home again. So um, two and zero oh on my picks of the week, and uh, so that's that's been going good. It's a couple years in a row now where I've uh, been been off to a good start. And last year I finished strong, so hopefully I can keep her going here this year. So I know it wasn't a huge week where the number came into play, but we'll do a brief mention of getting best, the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. So I don't think there were any games where the closing number actually did come into play for the most part, but I think there's one game that you'd like to mention briefly. Yeah, we got uh, the only thing I'd like to say that Green Bay game, the look headline that was bettable the week before was minus three Green Bay uh, against Minnesota there. So if you would have jumped on that, uh, I mean, obviously landed in a tie, so you could have jumped on Minnesota plus three, but that's pretty, pretty rogue, and you know, people are gonna, not too many people are gonna have access to that. So it's nearly just figure I mentioned since there wasn't much else this segment, and that game closed Minnesota minus three. 
after the uh, Rodgers announcement that he was going to play because he was, wasn't 100%, so a little banged up. That's why that number came in. And then the only other thing was that Seattle-Chicago total on Monday night last night. Uh, I saw a 141 at a book, just a rogue 41 that was there for a short amount of time uh, offshore that uh, got down there, and that's what that game landed on. It was 24-17, landed right on 41. But again, pretty rogue and not very widely available. So uh, unfortunately this week there wasn't a whole lot of uh, numbers or lines that really uh, – bring up on the pod here for this segment so that's about all i got yeah it was interesting i was listening to one podcast i think yesterday and uh it didn't actually end up coming into play but houston was up three there fairly late on tennessee like i mentioned earlier and with Mariota being in question and then uh even deshaun watching had some question marks earlier in the week uh the that houston lines opened at like one and a half or somewhere in there once the quarterback situations were uh, figured out and a bunch of Houston money flooded in and one sports book director was saying he took like a I think it was a hundred or two hundred thousand dollar bet on Houston and that number got all the way up to three and a half uh, with just a ton of Houston money and then there was a bunch of money coming back on Tennessee at three and a half and so it closed at Houston three and it looked like fairly late in that game Houston was going to win that game by three potentially and he was going to say that was going to be just an absolute disaster for the books because all that early Houston money would have won and then all that Tennessee buyback late would have won. So I would have liked that to have been the case because I was part of that early Houston money. But um, I guess the uh, sports book dodged a bullet there. I think they pretty much cleaned up is what uh, the word on the street was there. They won a lot of their big decisions and betters had a pretty rough week. So hopefully we can bounce back this week and um, you know figure it out here. So. Uh, not us in particular, but betters in general. Uh, so let's head over and let's jump right into this week, huh? Let's do it. All right. Uh, so first we got a pretty pretty attractive um, game from a viewership standpoint here on Thursday. Absolutely. You got the, the New York Jets heading to the Cleveland Browns, which should be a great matchup against uh, two pretty top-tier teams. And quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> yeah, and quarterbacks. You Proven know? quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah top-tier, exactly. Uh, so it looks like Cleveland is a three-point favorite here at home with a total of 39, 39 and a half. Yeah, my power rating, Cleveland minus three, Westgate uh, Superbook here in Las, or there in Las Vegas. Not quite there yet, but uh, yeah, there in Las Vegas is uh, Cleveland minus three. The look-ahead line, which was a bettable line the week before, basically you can see a difference between the last week game, how much of an overreaction or underreaction you might see from a line, so... Uh, that look headline was Cleveland minus one and a half, and then the total opened here for this game at thirty nine and a half. And yeah, I don't know, my power range right online. I think uh, just a game Thursday night game where I don't really have a whole lot of feel. I think if any anything, I'd be looking at the Jets side just taking points uh, with fluky Thursday night game, but definitely don't have too strong of an opinion for sure. And it's fun and funny because Cleveland, I think I, I had the Saints uh, a pretty strong feeling with the Saints there laying the points. I thought it was just going to be a blowout type of game, and they actually hung with the New Orleans pretty good there, and they almost should have won the game, or pretty much should have won the game. Came down to a field goal there at the end, and uh, yeah, I missed extra point. Yeah, a field goal. Ex- exactly. So it, uh, you know, Cleveland kind of somewhat impressed me, but still, I think it's just that defense that's kind of the more impressive part, and that offense is a little bit, uh, a little bit, you know, stagnant. I don't know if that'll kind of sharpen up a little bit as it goes on i guess we'll see but i don't really have a whole lot of confidence in that happening but yeah this just seems like a game where i don't really want to be involved much at all i mean the one thing i do look at is that total that's pretty low i mean i just don't know i think it's kind of over adjustment because cleveland kind of just a dead nuts under team with a good defense bad offense pretty you know standard handicap but i think if anything i'd kind of be uh, play a little bit uh, against the grain and maybe go over if anything especially if it drops down anymore but i don't have a strong play either way on the side or total on this game yeah, it's pretty crazy when you look at Cleveland. Uh, three years ago, 
they won three games, and one was by three in overtime. And then last year, or uh, two years ago, they won one game by three. And then last year, they won zero games. So if you're looking over the course of the last three years, they've won two games by more than three points where you'd be losing your bet here. So it's, I mean, not that you're going to base everything just off what's happened in the past because we know, you know, people that can, historians aren't making money predicting the future. But at the same time, I mean, that's kind of hard to ignore. It's basically been the same coaching staff and a lot of the same players. So getting plus three, especially at even money, um, is pretty tempting to me. Obviously, the Thursday night deal kind of ups the variance a little bit and makes it a little bit harder to predict. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a huge quarterback advantage really either way. I think the Jets have a little bit of a coaching advantage, and uh, Cleveland did fight hard. I actually ended up betting them personally a little bit last week, and I was pretty much never in doubt um, against New Orleans catching nine and a half, ten in there. So. Um, I think you got to give him a little bit of credit for that, but I remember a couple weeks ago, I mean, a couple of years ago, I had Cleveland a survivor pool later in the year against a banged up Baltimore team when they were kind of in a similar role like this, and they ended up not coming through for me. And uh, I remember at the time thinking like, oh, you know, even though the record's terrible, um, you know, there's this number still a little short, and that ended up burning me. So I don't know if I'll quite get there with the Jets, but uh, that's the only way I look on this one. All right, let's head to Sunday. Uh, first game we got is Indianapolis heading to Philadelphia, and Carson Wentz is probable to start again for Philadelphia. So that'll be interesting to see how uh, that plays out with and should be an upgrade from Nick Foles. Looks like the Phillies a six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 48. Yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus eight-and-a-half. Westgate open, Philly six-and-a-half. Look at line, Philly minus seven, and this total open at the Westgate at 48. I'm kind of surprised by this. I think this line's a little bit short myself. I, uh, my power ratings, I didn't even really adjust a whole lot for uh, the the like you said the upgrade or if for supposed upgrade from Wentz uh, from Foles to Wentz. But I mean, it might be. We'll see how. I think that's. I guess that's probably the biggest thing in this game is how healthy is he? Is he going to be? Is he going to be in midseason form right away? I mean, you, you wouldn't think so, but I mean, I, th- I think that's the biggest variable here is how well Wentz is going to play and is he going to be rusty at all? But I mean, if you assume he's even, you know, 90 to 100%, somewhere in that range, I think, like I said, it's, I'm kind of surprised this line isn't seven. Um, but, but with that being said, it's kind of hard and it's kind of a gamble. And I'm not sure if I'll actually get to the window there or not on Philadelphia laying six, six and a half, especially uh, after I've gotten slapped a few times here betting the betting some chalk when I usually don't. So I don't know if I'll get there, but I think if anything, that'd be the way I'd look with uh, especially Indy coming off a pretty big and, you know, decently dominating performance last week and them looking uh, a little bit better, so. I think if anything, uh, it seems like the markets are undervaluing Philadelphia just a just a tad bit, especially for being a Super Bowl winner last year. So it seems a little abnormal, if if, if you will. And uh, like I said, I think they might be undervalued, if anything, a little bit here. But de- definitely not. I don't think uh, something I'm I'm in love with by any means. Yeah, I think all the reports are that Wentz should be fully healthy. I don't think they're rushing him back. They we're going to give him all the time he needed, <clears throat> figuring that if they're you know they're a playoff team that they want they don't want to. Uh, you know, worry about rushing him back this early. So I think he should be healthy. But like again, you mentioned that is about a rust factor and it's hard to imagine playing, you know, zero preseason and he hasn't played in a live game for, I don't know what, nine, 10 months now. Uh, it's hard to imagine he's not going to be a little bit rusty and they're going to kind of work him back a little bit slower. Uh, you think so? Yeah. I, 
it is a great spot for Philly, coming off a loss at Tampa Bay, coming back home, getting your quarterback back. But they are pretty beat up. Uh, I know Ajay is out at running back, and uh, and I'm, I know I saw there's a few more injuries on their team um, from last week. So they are a decently banged up team, and, and Indy coming off a big road win like that. But they were kind of in cruise control for most of the game. So I don't know if the back-to-back road game – um, is really going to be that bad of a spot for him. So I think, I, I mean, they were pretty competitive and could have won against Cincy in week one. They came back and blew out Washington on the road in week two. So I think getting this many points, it's kind of like we're going to talk about later with the Chargers to me, but when you got a, a quarterback as good as luck when he's healthy, even though their defense isn't any good, and a team like Philly that I think is pretty good, but there's still some question marks about right now, uh, I think getting six and a half points, and it might even go up to seven or or even higher if uh, the reports on Wentz are pop, you know pop positive and people really buy into that narrative. So uh, I think I'm going to be pretty interested in the Indianapolis side here, not for a huge bet, but at least a nibble myself. Uh, next game we have is Cincinnati at Carolina, and it looks like Carolina is a three point road or a three point home favorite with a total of forty three and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Carolina minus three and a half. The Westgate open, Carolina three. Look at line, Carolina four and a half, and the total open uh, 43 and a half. This one here, um, another one that's, I think you're, I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it came down a little bit lower than my power rating says. Uh, value from my power rating perspective would say a little bit of value on Carolina, and that's probably the way I look here in this game is Carolina at home. The one thing that's stopping me from rushing to the window or even maybe getting to the window potentially just all the injuries Carolina has. That offensive line pretty banged up, and their whole team just kind of banged up uh, all together. And then Cincy looked pretty good, obviously, against Baltimore there last Thursday. They're coming off extra rest, so that's another thing uh, not – not the best spot necessarily, especially Carolina. They lost the game against Atlanta, but it was a divisional game. They played pretty good. I know Cam played pretty well, and they kind of tried to get a comeback there at the end to, uh, to tie it and needed a touchdown there and couldn't quite do it. But So that was a you know tough game, and they were coming home, so that's a good sign. But like I said, just all the injuries and the spot, it doesn't uh, not in a great spot for Carolina. But I think just off the point spread, especially if it goes down to – I see a few spots at two and a half uh, – Two and a half was extra juice on Carolina, so if I get down to a flat two and a half, I might just take a, you know Carolina two and a half out of principle, a just straight value play. Especially if there's a little bit of hype on Cincinnati going two and zero here to start the season. They look pretty good, so I think, uh, like I said, I think a little bit, maybe a little bit to the Carolina side, but again, get, again, not another game I'm super uh, in love with. Yeah, this is another <clears throat> kind of rare instance where we disagree. I don't love Cincinnati by any means, but I think it's. Uh, originally I thought, oh, it's kind of a bad spot coming off a big division rival win in prime time, and now they're going on the road, and Carolina losing a relatively competitive game against a division opponent on the road, and then they have a short travel back home. I kind of figured, you know, maybe Carolina's set up for a good spot here, but then I thought about it a little bit longer, and I'm like, well, since he does have the extra time to prepare, and uh, so I, I don't know, I really don't think the spot's too favorable to Carolina, and in that case... I think these teams are, when healthy, fairly equal. And maybe give the nod to, uh, to Carolina a little bit, but with Greg Olson hurt and their offensive line in pretty rough shape, um, I just don't think they have that many playmakers. And where they got, I mean, Funches is their number one receiver, and you got McCaffrey, obviously, but it's like, you know, DJ Moore, the rookie, is their second option. Or it's just, they just don't really have any playmakers. And Cam, Cam can be good, but I think since he. They have a pretty good front seven. I think they'll be able to get some pressure on Cam. And if that's the case, 
I'm not like super high on the Cincy offense, but I think they're good for at least a few big plays. Dalton's looked pretty good so far. Um, there's been a little bit of money that came in on Cincy here early. That says there's a lot of three minus one twenties for Cincy. So if it keeps moving in that direction, I don't think I would suggest it below three. But if you take a flat three right now in Cincinnati, I think that's a pretty good bet. Uh, yeah, the other thing I want to mention too is uh, with Cincinnati on the offense, it looks like Mixon not, is not going to be out. Uh, he's going to be out, not going to be getting the starts. So that's another thing to keep of note. I think he's been a kind of a difference maker too in that Cincinnati offense. I'll be interested to see if it's a. Uh, not that's going to affect the points for a great deal, but I think that's something to at least uh, keep note of, see if it affects their chemistry at all on the offensive side of the ball. Yep, that's a good call. I was going to mention him and then totally forgot. I think he's been pretty explosive and looked pretty good, so I think that is definitely a hit for the Cincy offense. But uh, I also think Gio Bernard's pretty solid as that pass-catching running back that can do a decent amount of damage. So uh, that's definitely something to monitor, and we'll have to see if if uh, they lack explosiveness explosiveness this week as well um that might be something to kind of bet against them going forward if they do lose a close one you know um this week next game doesn't look like we have a number on it uh tennessee heading to jacksonville looks like mariota's uh status is in question again uh but there is i don't know i see a number here it's jacksonville six and a half do you, do you have anything on this one or no i don't got me i see that too six and a half a little bit extra juice on jacksonville that's, I don't know if I'm not even sure if that's bettable. I'd have to look. Uh, if it is, I got to go to that book and see. But yeah, nothing other than that. I don't see anything at all. So that's just uh, another game we don't really know. Same thing as last week with Tennessee's uh, question, quarterback question. We don't really know, so we can't say much about it. And there was no look headline either because of that. So pretty, pretty tough to say anything about this game here. Yeah, you, I mean, you'd think last week betting against Blaine Gabbert, you know, laying less than a field goal would have been a pretty great bet, but apparently it wasn't. He. He did go off though, thirteen to twenty for one hundred and seventeen yards. So <laughs> just, when, just explosive. <laughs> yeah, when a quarterback puts up that kind of numbers, you know, it's kind of tough to to cover that at those two points. So yeah, so that's I, still yeah. I think you got a pretty good number there, like you said, and a good bet there with Houston. It's just kind of I think more embarrassing or you know, detrimental towards that Houston side, like how they couldn't take care of business there. It's kind of yeah, beyond me. I don't know. Like I said, yeah. I didn't watch that game super closely. I was I was going to go back. I just ran out of time today. I was going to go back into the NFL Rewind there where you can watch the games back and go through some plays and kind of try to figure out and get a better grasp on that game. And unfortunately, I just didn't have the time. But it'd be interesting to see if there's something fluky. I don't know, something you saw in there that it's hard to imagine, like I said, that they couldn't get the job done. Yeah, I know the uh, the turnovers. Houston had one turnover and Tennessee had zero. That's not you know super fluky or hard to overcome. So I don't, I'm not really sure what the story was there. But uh, for a team like Houston, that there was some buzz. You know, people, some people were picking them as sleepers to be, be a Super Bowl team. And you can't take care of Gabbert uh, you know, off a loss against the Pats, who you, who's going to fault him for losing by a touchdown to the Pats. And then you get Blaine Gabbert in your second game with hardly any playmakers on that offense. Um, you know, their, their leading receiver, some guy, Krushashank. I've never even heard of who had 66 yards Krushy? receiving. That's really. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just pretty big indictment there on that Houston squad. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they have any fight left in them uh, when we get to them or if uh, Bill O'Brien might be in danger here. But yeah, as far as this game goes, pretty impressive effort by Jacksonville. Uh, you know, pretty much never in doubt taking care of the, the Pats. So got to give them credit and Bortles put up 31 points. I uh, got to give him some credit, even though I've been pretty critical of him as most people have. So uh, I think the Jacksonville team is, pretty good which isn't saying much but in this in in this situation i don't really have any interest in backing either of these teams 
Next game, uh, NFC South battle. We got New Orleans heading to Atlanta. Looks like Atlanta is a three-point favorite. Uh, three with some juice in some spots for the total of 53. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta minus three. Westgate open, Atlanta three. Look at line, Atlanta three. And the Westgate total, 53. Uh, not a whole lot here. Uh, not, I don't really see a lot of movement. I mean, maybe a tiny bit on Atlanta, but yeah, I haven't seen total or side. I haven't really seen much here. And just another game that don't have much of a feel on. The numbers are kind of all lined up, and I don't really have much on it. I was kind of looking to bet the Atlanta side, if anything. I think that they're at home, and they're just a much better team at home. They, I think they seemed a little bit better. Their offense clicked a little bit better uh, last week than they did the first week because, again, they're at home as opposed to being on the road. And for whatever reason, they just are more comfortable in the dome. I mean, not for whatever reason. It makes sense. But I think there's a, a team that I'm looking to more uh, back at home and, and fade on the road. But obviously the point spread here looks like it's kind of accounting for that. And I think even that New Orleans team, it seems like they're not really clicking all, all together, especially, like I said, I had a big a bet on last week. And couldn't even get close to getting the job done laying that big of a point against a, a stellar Cleveland squad. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I was looking to bet Atlanta here, but it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get to the window at the current price and the way the market's moving here. Yeah, I was kind of surprised it was only at three, which I guess I really shouldn't have been just because I think New Orleans is still probably going to get credit for being a top-tier team only after two games. And I've just been kind of down on them more so than most people this year anyway. Uh, that being said, I'm not in love with this Atlanta team. I do think, like you said, they are drastically better at home. I don't think it's a reach to say. And I do think that they've been close. I think like Matt Ryan looked much better last week than he did uh, week one outdoors at Philly. So maybe he's going to be a little bit like Roethlisberger in that he's kind of has a pretty drastic home road split, potentially something to kind of monitor going forward. Uh, so I think three is fairly cheap on Atlanta, but I also just don't really trust them and wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans has a game where they kind of put it all together in the next couple of weeks, too. So um, if, if this I wish or Atlanta were a team, I trusted a little bit more and I'd have a pretty sizable bet on them here because I think it's a fairly cheap price. But uh, alas, I don't. So I probably won't be involved in this game. If it does get below three, though, I'll definitely be on Atlanta. Uh, looks like we got Denver heading to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is a five-point favorite at home with a total of 43.5. Yeah, let's see. My power rating here, Baltimore minus five. Westgate open, Baltimore minus five. Look at line, Baltimore five and a half, and the total open 43. And another, another game here just right on line of what I have. It was just, uh, I don't know, it's just tough. Yeah, I'm not going to stretch anything. And like I, I, like I said, I liked a lot last week, and this week is not quite as juicy of a card from my perspective so i just kind of had to only take what you can get and you know it's another game where i think baltimore they're getting coming off extra rest after that cincy debacle so so much the, the final score i think was a little misleading i think since he had that game in hand pretty much the whole you know they kind of came back at the end and since he was up quite a bit so they kind of took their gas, foot off the pedal a little bit but uh so i think it's a little bit misle- misleading but at the same time i just don't really like playing points here with Baltimore at all. So, I mean, if I'd have to look at the Denver side, if anything, but I just don't really trust Keenum. And I don't trust that offense for Denver. And um, so, but yeah, if anything, I'd take the points with Denver, but I just, again, my numbers kind of line up there and I just don't really have a feeling uh, either way. Yeah. I felt Denver was going to put up a ton of points last week against that pretty garbage Oakland defense. And they didn't at all, barely coming back to win the game 20 to 19 and Keenum stats were, pretty horrendous it was a little bit better than Gabbard but not by much he uh 
what did he go here? He went 19 to 35, no touchdowns at a pick, 222 yards uh, against pretty porous Oakland defense. So huh, I think he might have some trouble in this that offense in general. Might have some trouble going into Baltimore, who is a they're they're one of the teams that have one of the biggest the uh, splits home and road. They seem to have a really good home crowd and uh, play way better at home for whatever reason. And they're a team that I've not really liked and pretty much been betting almost solely against for the last, I don't know, two years or so, two and a half years. But I think this is a decent spot for them. I think uh, having the extra rest uh, coming off a loss where they did pretty, they were pretty much out of it the whole game, but at least they did fight back a little bit and Flacco showed glimpses of being competent again. <laughs> um, so I think you get a the better coach. Uh, I don't I don't want to say quite the better quarterback, but I do think uh, Baltimore is probably the play here. But like you said, I just I hate laying more than a field goal this Baltimore because I just don't really like being on them in the first place. But I think I would lean towards Baltimore here if I had to, but likely won't be involved in this one either. Uh, another game that speaking of not having a lot of interest in, you got the Giants heading to Houston. Uh, Houston's six point favorite home, the total of 41 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Houston minus six, the opener at the Westgate. I have Houston three and a half, but I think that, I don't know if that's right or not, so I'm not sure 100% on that, so don't hold me to it. And then the look headline, Houston four and a half, total open here, 41 and a half at Westgate. Um, I think that three and a half was before the Sunday night game when the Giants oh, looked yeah, that abysmal makes, again. That makes sense, yeah, but that, that makes a lot more sense. I don't know what it opened up afterwards. I'll look at here while you're doing your breakdown, but yeah, I'll see what it reopened at. That's a good uh, point because I did that for the Monday night games, but not the Sunday night game. I think it reopened at six, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, here's another game. I don't really have much. It's kind of right where my power rating was. If I would have potentially, if I would have done my numbers earlier, like I said, the after week one, after the last podcast, so I did my numbers a little bit earlier and been home and stuff on Sunday. And when I'd like to do my numbers, I might have jumped on them right away, uh, whatever that, that opener was. But um, it's just one of those deals, too. I just... Even at that, I wouldn't even loved it by any means. I mean, I, I would have taken it probably just out of principle. But, again, I don't know if I trust this Houston team. And they're a little shaky here. And But it's basically which team do you like less for me right now. I don't really like either of these teams. And I just uh, – at this number, I'm, just, I'm definitely not going to be playing it. That's as simple as that. I mean, even if it did get to seven, which would be the closest thing I, I could potentially see happening because I think the markets are kind of crashing here on the Giants with this Manny just not be able to make throws that he should be able to make and that you would expect that they would, he would make when they haven't tried to replace him at quarterback here, which uh, is still kind of mind-boggling to me. But, um, yeah, like I said, even at seven with the Giants, I'd take out a principal. But, again, I'm not going to I'm not gonna even love it if uh, if it does get there because I just – it's just more of a value bet. But, yeah, like I said, these two teams I just don't want to be involved with and hopefully I can get some value against them next week if, uh, if I can try to fade them. But, uh, unfortunately, I can't fade both these teams when they're playing each other. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit sour grapes, but there's no way you could force me to bet Houston minus six with your money with how anemic they've looked and just overall incompetent, basically, uh, last week. And, like, the, I don't know if Deshaun Watson is – there's a lingering injury there or if this is kind of a sophomore slump and he's still kind of getting a little bit of the credit that uh, of how – explosive and fun to watch he was in his rookie year last year before he got hurt or maybe it's just taking him a little bit longer to come back from injury than you would have thought i guess i don't know but that being said um their offense has been just pretty rough what they put up what a seven no yeah 17 points last week and then in the opener against the patriots they put up 20 
So, I mean, to lay six when they've only scored 20 and 17 uh, seems to be asking a decent amount. But that being said, I mean, the Giants uh, haven't been much better. They put up 13 last week against Dallas and then 15 the week before against Jacksonville. So <laughs> um, I've been anti-Eli for a long time and it's been betting against the Giants. And they've been had a decent amount of buzz the last couple of years, even when they've been horrendous, that people still think they're going to bounce back. And there's a little bit of buzz for them this year, too, to bounce back. And I was close to jumping on them week one against Jacksonville and didn't quite do it. And then last week even, I was thinking about taking them against Dallas, just figuring they got so many more playmakers. Has to click a little bit, but it uh, it didn't apparently, and uh, I just don't I just don't trust Eli is what it comes down to. And Shermer, as their coach, really hasn't been uh, all that impressive either. I know he punted on fourth and inches from midfield, and it's like he draft Saquon Barkley as number two overall, a you know big running back. It's like if if you can't try to pick up fourth and inches with him, then why are you drafting him? Especially when you're zero and one and you're down in the game. Uh, it, you know, a midfield like that, it's just pretty embarrassing. So, um, I, I definitely would lean the Giants here if you force me to make a pick, and I'll probably pick them and you know pick pools or got to pick every game. But uh, I don't don't want to lose any money just burning it on fire with Eli Manning here either. So, won't be involved in this one. Uh, next, we got Oakland at Miami, and looks like we got Miami is a three point home favorite with a little bit of extra juice. And a total of 43.5, Yeah, my power rating here, Miami 3. Westgate open, Miami 4.5. And the look-ahead line, Miami 4. Total on this game open, 44. And, and yeah, first two weeks I got Miami. I had them as a play and liked them both weeks quite a bit. And both of them came through. Um, obviously, they're 2-0 and now. And I think the market's kind of adjusting here, kind of a combination adjusting for Miami just after going 2-0 and also kind of crashing a little bit on Oakland. I think Oakland... Surprised me a little bit last week. I had to play against them last week, but uh, uh, they, you know they looked they looked decent. I think and not as bad as they you kind of expected them to, or at least I expected them to. But at the same time, it's just they if they're looking good or decent and still can't come up with a win. I mean, you got to still you know put the question mark there of okay, where's their motivation going to be at here? And you add in the thing that the you know, West Coast team traveling east here in an early start game in Miami and Florida, it's just. Uh, not the most ideal spot, but I don't think it's a great spot for Miami. So I think it's I don't think it's really a positive for either team. But um, like I said, I just don't another game. I just really have no feel of. I mean, again, I think maybe a little bit of value on Oakland, which I think I'm going to get a lot of that here going forward. I, just, I that's the team I just really don't want to back unless I you know the numbers are overwhelmingly pointing me in that direction. But it's a little bit slight lean toward Oakland, but I don't uh, I don't love it by any means. Why do you think there's value towards Oakland? Just the home field advantage angle. Yeah, just just my numbers point to Oakland a little bit of value if I can get there's three with extra juice or a three and a half out there. So if you uh like I said if you get a three and a half or three even money or somewhere in that range, I think there's a little bit of value on Oakland is what my numbers would indicate. But I don't like I said I don't love it. So you or do you do you think that Oakland's a better team than Miami or, or the home field or I'm just trying to figure out the justification there. I don't think Miami gets a full full three points first of all, but um, so then I so I think the markets are kind of saying Miami's a decent amount better team than Oakland, or you know like I said a point better, and uh, it's, if you get up to three and a half, that's probably obviously a key. I've coming off a of three, so if three and a half, then like just I said, my numbers are point to the Oakland side. If uh, my power rating, like I said, is Miami three, so my numbers indicate a little bit of value on Oakland, but like I said, it's tough to tough to back Oakland right now, and I'm not huge on Oakland at all, so. 
Yeah, just I, I think the only reason he'd want to stay away from Miami here is if you just think the spot favors Oakland significantly when you got Miami coming off two straight wins. Um, if you think they might not be at you know full motivation or in a little bit of a letdown spot, and you got Oakland who could have won that game last week and played a lot better than they did week one against the Rams, <laughs> and then but then kind of blew it late there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty safe to say. I, I thought so coming into the year, and everything we've seen so far has validated that. That I think Miami is definitely, you know, at least a point better than than Oakland. Uh, I think Oakland's not quite as bad as Buffalo and Arizona, but I think they're that next tier up a bottom feeder. And uh, I, I think Miami is a little bit of fool's gold uh, at two and zero. I don't think they're uh, necessarily even a playoff team or a great team by any means, but they're at least a competent team. And uh, I think an average team against Oakland laying three at home um, doesn't sound like a terrible idea to me. I don't know if I'll get to the window on it or not, but there's no way I'm going to take Oakland in a spot where you're pretty much asking them to win the game in order to win your bet. Uh, so, yeah, no, yeah I mean, no chance. Three, there's, I mean, there's no three flat threes available to them. I mean, that's something to – I mean, the average better is not going to worry about that. But, I mean, it's going to be – the prevailing number here is three, you know, 120. Uh, so, I mean, it's just uh, – there's not any flat threes. only – Flat three, I can see a south point because they don't offer any. It's either three, three and a half. They don't go any juice. I mean, that's the one that doesn't really, you know, I mean, so other than that, that's not really widely available. So, I mean, again, Miami at home, yeah, that's a good thing, but it's not the biggest home field advantage for sure. One of the worst in, you know, the top, top uh, quartile, I'd say, or, yeah, the bottom quartile in the league of home field advantages just in Florida and stuff with the, the crowd is not as big. And then, like I said, you Miami, I like to get in points here. You're getting field goal or a little bit more. Last two appearances in the first two weeks, but now you're getting into a completely different role where they're laying points here, coming home after some some big wins and stuff. So I think it's just a, a little bit different of a of a game game for them here in this game, especially when you're like I said, not even just a flat three when you're laying extra juice, and it looks like it might be coming up a little bit more too. Yeah, I, I just think you're giving Oakland way too much credit, but I don't. It's not a game I'm willing to risk a ton of money on either, and doesn't I don't, doesn't sound like you are either. So. Uh, unless you're going to have a big bet on Oakland or have a big bet on Miami, it's not really worth bickering back and forth about. So uh, let's just move on to the next game. Uh, next game up we got is Green Bay heading to Washington. Looks like Green Bay is a road favorite of three points with a juice towards Washington and a total of 45 and a half or so. Yeah, my power in here, Green Bay 2.5, Westgate open, Green Bay 2.5, and, and there's no look headline due to the Rodgers uncertainty with the injury before the Vikings game last week. So there's that, and then the total open at 46. Uh, here's another game, my power rating kind of right on it, and I don't really have a whole lot. Um, I mean, if anything, I'd look towards the Washington side. I think there'd be a little bit of value, especially you would ex- assume that the public would kind of come, be coming in on Green Bay, especially if Rodgers is fully healthy and he does, there's not any uncertainty all week. Which is appears which is what appears to be the case, especially after Washington had a pretty pitiful performance last week, which I was kind of on top of and wanted to fade them, and I'm glad I did. And it was kind of a a no show for for Washington and kind of what I expected to, expected from them from week one. And then uh, you know, so here I think they might be a little bit of value if they're at home again here and playing Green Bay. I think Green Bay is a significantly worse team on the road when they leave Lambeau, and especially after that long, like like I said uh, earlier in the pod, it's kind of a similar situation where they played a divisional game against the Vikings, a game that they fought tooth and nail for, and went overtime. They're going to be tired, went the full length of overtime, and granted, overtime is shorter, but still, uh, you know, it's going to be extra extra time and extra play, so that's something to keep note of, and 
them traveling. So I think a spot here, spot wise here, I think which definitely screens Washington, and I think that'd be the way I look, especially if you get a flat three. I think it's a value play here on Washington. Yeah, I hear you. Like situationally, I think it definitely leans towards Washington. Pretty, pretty heavy. It's a great spot, I think, for them. But I also just don't think they're that good. I think we, based on that uh, Arizona performance last week against the Rams, I think you can kind of discount how impressive the Washington performance was week one against Arizona going in there and winning easily. And then last week basically being non-competitive at home against uh, Indianapolis. And I've never been a huge fan of Alex Smith, even though his record's decent. He's just kind of a plotting game managing type. And if they happen to get down, I don't have hardly any faith he's going to bring them back. So due to the spot, um, I don't really want to take Green Bay. If it gets under three here, I'd be somewhat tempted to take them. But I think with the Rodgers health in question and even just the overall uh, how good Green Bay is as a whole, especially on the road, and then you factor in the spot, it's just too many question marks, I think, to jump on Green Bay. But if the number does get down there, I'll, I'll have to make that decision as we as we get there if it does. But I, I kind of do doubt it because I'm guessing the public will be all over Green Bay here would be my guess. So I just don't really like this Washington team too much in general. So even though it's a good spot, I think I'd probably just pass this game. Uh, then the next game we got is Buffalo heading to Minnesota. Looks like Minnesota is a 16.5 home favorite with a total of 40.5, Yeah, fun one here. My power rating, Minnesota 17. Westgate Open, Minnesota 16.5. Look at line Minnesota fifteen and the total opened at forty and a half. This is uh, <laughs> highest points right here on the board by what almost double. I guess it is double <laughs> and uh, or no more than double. And uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's just a huge point spread, but I think it's probably warranted, just like my numbers would say. So uh, you got one of the best teams in the league with probably easily the worst team. So I, mean, I know Arizona's fighting tooth and nail for that, but yeah, that's just something. I don't really know how you can lay this many points with Minnesota. They just uh, with their offensive line woes, and even Green Bay there. It took them a while to get started and get going. They scored a lot of their points at the end of the end of the game, and it just uh, it seems like it'd be tough to do that. But on the other token, it's I mean, do you really want to back Buffalo? I mean, I think that'd be the way you have to look if you're going to do anything. Take the points and kind of just hope that uh, Minnesota doesn't run up the score and they kind of don't can keep it within the point spread or get a backdoor cover or something like that. But I mean, it's definitely not going to be my my strongest plays of the week. That's for sure and. But yeah, for me, it's either the, the Buffalo side or pass, and uh, I'm not going to be too strong on it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the second half of the Buffalo Chargers game, even, I mean, they were down 28-6 to six at half, so take with a grain of salt. Who knows how motivated the Chargers were to even play the second half, but they did win that second half 14-3 to three and got a couple touchdowns. So with Jake Allen's first start, maybe he started to figure it out a little bit. Uh, not saying he did, but maybe he did a touch. and. Uh, with this kind of point spread range, an NFL game, I think it's not quite an auto bet on the dog, but that's obviously the way I would look to. Um, the thing that kind of worries me is, you know, you got the, the whatever, Monte Davis retiring at halftime for the Bills, and it just seems like, I don't know, a decent amount of turmoil, or you don't, it's hard to hear encouraging quotes, per se, coming out of the locker room when a team's getting destroyed two weeks in a row. But uh, it just doesn't seem like, a team, I, know, I I did end up doing that last week where I parlayed a bunch of people to the Chargers money line 
and gave myself made a bunch of minus 110 bets get up to plus 150 and not something i would suggest doing every week but i just thought that there's very unlikely for the Chargers to lose that game and end up making me uh it, it turned out to actually be a pretty decent week for me personally with all those uh parlay to the Chargers money line so um the buffalo is a team that i said like last week i wanted to bet against as much as possible but i think in this point spread range i just don't have any interest in playing 16 and a half with an offense of minnesota that like you said can get hot there at the end but it was pretty anemic for three quarters and laying 17 points or 16 and a half is you need to have an offense that you feel is extremely explosive and can score in bunches. And I don't quite feel that way about Minnesota here. So especially the total of 40, 40 and a half, 41, somewhere in there. Uh, usually if you get a spread this high, the total is going to be a little bit higher than that. But uh, basically you're, they're projecting the bills to, I think their team totals like 12 is <laughs> like, that's a pretty, pretty low team total when, you know, fluky things can happen and, uh, you never know. And if, if Jake Allen did figure out a little bit for Buffalo, you know, he's a first round pick with some talent. It's a tough spot for him, obviously, against Zimmer. Not that I'm saying he's going to carve him up, but, you know, if he gets to 14 points, that's probably going to be enough to cover for him. So only way I'd look is the Bills, but definitely won't be heavily invested by any means in this one. Uh, one other thing to keep in mind is uh, LaShawn McCoy is banged up and questionable for Buffalo, and he's basically their only playmaker on offense. So <laughs> that's another hit for him, too. Uh, the last early game we got here is San Francisco heading to Kansas City. It's like Kansas City's a six and a half point favorite with a total of fifty six. Uh, yep, my power rating here: Kansas City four and a half. Westgate open: Kansas City five. Look at line: Kansas City four, and the total uh, biggest on the board by far. Total open here fifty six, and uh, this is a game I, I like a decent amount here. I'm on the San Francisco side. I like that side quite a bit. I think you're getting a big overreaction here, a big overadjustment on Kansas City. Or I shouldn't say over-adjustment, but definitely an adjustment based on their two weeks of play. And the, that offense is just you know powerful, and that's what the public's going to bet. And that's why the, the, the sports books and the bookmakers are going to make an adjustment because they know money's going to come in on the over. They know money's going to come in on Kansas City. So I feel like San Francisco has kind of been a, a little bit of a dark horse. They've been kind of in the weeds a little bit, and I think you can get some value on, on, on San Francisco here for sure. And the nice part is I don't think it's a, you know, a deal where I'd say it's, you know, go out and bet it right now. It's going to come down. I think this is, has a good chance of getting to seven just before kickoffs. I mean, this is a, a game I don't think you're really in any hurry to wait. I think the Sharp guys are all going to be on San Francisco here, kind of like I am, and uh, I, I feel like they're probably going to buy it every time it gets to a, a key number. So I, I would assume every seven's probably going to get bought up, but hopefully that public money just overwhelms that. And I think uh, San Francisco here at six or seven, any, anything above six, six or above, I think is a, a definitely a play on San Francisco. So that's a side I like here pretty strongly. And um, even the total is pretty high, and it's kind of hard to, to, to fade that just of how dominant that Kansas City offense has been and plus the weakness of the, the defense on Kansas City so they're just going to be an over team but I mean this is such a high total so I mean especially if it gets up any higher I might just take the under out of principle because you know just kind of fade it because it's just uh, it's hard to, it's hard in the NFL to, to keep up that kind of production and, and at some point they're you know going to have to slump and not be able to keep up you know, like 42 points they scored last week but not that I'm trying to step in front of it, but it's just some point if it gets so high, you just have to fade it just to, to fade that public money and the public perception of the, the high point scoring. So I'll, I'll kind of keep a look on the total right now. I'm kind of not in any eager way to get to it, but like I said, definitely like that San Francisco side here getting points on the road against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, we finally agree on a game. <laughs> well, there's a 57 out there. It's like 
that's just insanely high for an NFL game. Even like those, you know, Saints teams from a couple of years ago when they played like a, the Saints Atlanta game or well, I'm trying to think of a couple of super high scoring matchups back in the day. I remember there's a Saints Packers game. And even those I think were like 55, 55 and a half were the highest those ever got. And I know the rules just continually favor offenses more and Kansas City's put up an insane amount of points last couple of weeks and they have a pretty terrible defense, but like last week they went up against Pittsburgh who is basically the same thing and like obviously my pick of the week was uh the over in that game which got there extremely easily but now San Francisco I I won't consider them really an over team um even though last week they they did put up 30 points and the total Detroit came through the back door there so they ended up scoring 57 uh total as a team or I mean as a for the game total there but I just don't trust San Francisco is going to get in a shootout necessarily with them. And um, even even at that total, even if they do score, just from a strict pace standpoint, if the clock runs a little bit or there's a couple holding penalties or, you know, turnover in the red zone or like the one or two of those things happen, even if they do score almost at will, it, it could still stay under at this kind of number. So it's just hard for me to imagine that taking the under in that isn't a long term plus EV bet. So. Um, I'll I'll definitely have some money on the under, but I'm I'm gonna wait till post. And hard to imagine this is gonna go anywhere but up, if anything. So yeah, even stations right now is flashing at 57. It's just this early in the week. It's just crazy. So. Yeah, exactly. So NFL game, I think that's basically a blind bet on the under. Um, as far as the side goes, I like San Francisco a decent amount too. I'm not totally in love with them because I think they are. They don't have a ton of playmakers. Yeah, you, know, you got Garcon and. I don't know if Goodwin's going to be back or not, but they're not the the you know highest caliber wide receivers. And then you got Kittle as the tight end who's getting a ton of looks and love. And it's like if he's going to be your biggest playmaker on offense, that's not a good sign. Their running backs with McKinnon out are you know, very subpar. But that being said, I do think it's a really good spot for him since uh, Detroit got through the back door last week and probably burned some people. Uh, I don't think – San Francisco is going to get much credit for staying close with the Vikings in a tough spot in week one and then uh, end up not covering last week. And, then, and on the reverse side, you get Kansas City, who pretty much every public better in the world last week was on Kansas City, and they came through for them. And if we know anything about public betters, they kind of keep going back to the well when something well, works for, for them. Sure. So, yeah. So with how, how good Mahomes has looked so far and how Kansas City came through last week and put up a billion points, uh, I think – everyone's going to be on Kansas city here again. So I agree. I think the number will probably continue to rise and I'll wait to post and I'll take uh, some under and I'll take some San Francisco. So it looks like we got three late games here, which uh, we talked about this a lot last year. I just hate that. How there's whatever eight, nine early games. And then you got three late games. Uh, at least the first one here is a pretty good one. Uh, I got the char- the LA chargers heading to the LA Rams, a little battle of LA. Uh, looks like the Rams are seven point home favorite, the total 48. Well, like you said, I mean, doesn't doesn't the NFL know that we only have eight TVs downstairs? We can't get the ninth game on, so yeah, kind of not make it too conducive for us. That's for sure. It's frustrating. Yeah, um, this game here, my power rating: Rams minus seven. Westgate open Rams seven. Look at line was Rams five and a half, and the total opened here forty-seven and a half. Uh, this game here, I think uh, the Rams they've looked pretty good here. I know a lot of people say their power rate at the top of their. Uh, number one power rating overall in the NFL for the Rams team, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but at the same time, it's you know, let's see it against uh, when they 
step up to a little bit better team here and better upper class because uh, the first two teams they beat, that's just not uh, kind of a little bottom feeder type of teams. So I, I think I'd take the, I think you got to take, like you mentioned here earlier in the podcast, I think it's a, a Chargers or pass for sure. I think you got to take Phillip Rivers, which arguably might be a better quarterback, uh, or at least uh, roughly the same quarterback getting this many points. I think uh, that's the way you have to look here. I don't think I'm in love with this play, uh, it's, but I think it, I'm probably most likely be on the Chargers plus seven at a value play here, just hoping they can stay with the Rams. And I know that high-powered offense is uh, is definitely a concern for the Rams, but like I said, it'll be interesting to see when they play uh, not only a step up in a, an offense with a good quarterback, but also the Chargers defense is pretty good as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up what they've uh, been doing the first two games, or I guess the first game and a half, because they took a little bit slower start against Oakland in that first half of the first week. But like I said, I think they're going to have a little bit more difficulty moving the ball. They're not going to be able to be a, as moving at will like they have been, especially last game. And this uh, will be a good game to watch. And I, like I said, I think uh, taking the Chargers here plus seven is the way to look. What do you mean step up in class? The Chargers played the uh, best co- or the best quarterback and team in the modern era week one against the Chiefs and kept it within 10. No, I meant so step up in class for the Rams. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, – yeah, no, it definitely is a huge step up in class. That's that's a good point uh, for the Rams. But the Chargers, the, I think even though they lost by 10 week one against the Chiefs, now that looks, you know, it's just one one extra week of data, but now that looks a little bit better, and that was with a multitude of things that went wrong. So, um, I don't know. I just basically like the Chargers have been for the last couple of years. You, you play them as a dog, especially of this point range, and then – you fade them when they're laying this kind of chalk, uh, even though they would have covered last week against the Bills. I think that was a little bit of a special situation. So they got out early and pretty much put on cruise control last week. And the uh, the Rams, yeah, they blew out. I mean, pretty much the same for them. They played a they probably these two teams probably played the worst two teams in the league last week and jumped out early and put it on cruise control. So I don't think the spot really favors anybody too much, but. Yeah, so far the Rams have played, uh, you kind of reiterate what you said, the Rams have played Oakland and uh, Arizona, who are, in my opinion, probably two of the worst three or four teams in the league. So they've looked impressive, which is they can only beat who's in front of you. But at the same time, I'm not willing to give them a ton of credit or put them number one in my power rankings based on that, like a lot of people are this week. So I won't be surprised at all if the Rams win, but uh, I just think the – you just got to take the seven here. And even if the Rams jump out early, the Chargers are absolutely a team that can find the back door and keep competitive late. You had time. it queued up. You knew I was going there. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's that's Philip Rivers' forte. That's what he does. He puts up a ton of yards and and uh, gets through the back door. And even I think this game is going to be really competitive. I can see it coming down to a field goal late. And like I said about the Chargers a bunch too, is their team that they have such a weak home field advantage, their team you'd rather have on the road. Like I'd much rather have them catching seven at the Rams who don't have a great home field advantage as opposed to them, what, laying two at home or something along those lines. I'd much rather have them on the road here in this spot catching this many points. So I'll be on the Chargers for sure here. And hopefully – I don't know if the public will be all over the Rams or not, but that would be awesome if they would and potentially get us a little bit more here. Uh, The next late game isn't nearly as attractive. We got the Chicago Bears fresh off their Monday night win heading to Arizona 
Looks like the Bears are six, six and a half point favorite on the road here. The total of 37 and a half, 38. Yeah, my power in here, Chicago three and a half. Westgate open, Chicago four and a half. Look headline, Chicago two and a half. And the total open before Monday Night Football at 40. And then after Monday Night Football on Tuesday, this morning here, it opened up 37 and a half. So pretty big adjustment there just from that one game. Um, and my numbers would lead me to say they take the Arizona side, but I'm not, not, not surprisingly at all, especially after a pretty decently impressive win there by Chicago. They've looked uh, pretty good on prime time there. Uh, then obviously the, the market's kind of collapsing there in Arizona, which I, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with at this point is they haven't shown anything and, uh, just getting absolutely dominated there by the Rams in a divisional game. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. And, uh, it's to be. A, I mean, that's where I'm gonna look. I mean, you can't. There's no way I'm gonna be able to lay this many points with Chicago on the road. It's just like you can't do it in a short week. Uh, you know, to traveling after being at home against a Seattle team that they took care of business with. I mean, that just uh, their their defense looks decent and their offense looks okay. But I mean, I just I just don't know. It just you, you can't tell me with Trubisky not be a little worried laying this many points on the road. That's for sure. I, I saw a few throws he just missed there was wide open and. There's something that's just a little bit alarming to me. and uh, But, yeah, I think it's, it's Arizona or past me. It's just a matter of how many points can I get. And uh, kind of like a few other games here, it's a game you don't really want to watch. You don't really want to have to sweat it, and it's going to be tough to do. But it just uh, that's that's where the value is. And just uh, historically, that's where you you know you make money is taking uh, big dogs like this at home when they're kind of under under the public eye and nobody wants to take them. You just kind of take them because they're going to get – uh, the, the the value on is going to be so much uh, so so extreme you're just going to have to so again this will be an Arizona pass for me and just a matter of uh, what number it gets to and whether I'll I'll, I'll jump on it or not. Yeah, I pretty much echo that. I don't have much to say about this game. The total is super low at thirty seven and a half, thirty eight, but I uh, I don't really feel confident that Arizona can score at all. But I also don't really feel confidence in Trubisky or. That Chicago team to cover this kind of point spread on the road. Um, so I don't trust anything in this game. It's just an easy pass for me. I'll pay more away attention of the late games. The first one there is by far the best. Uh, the third one is at least a little bit more competitive probably, but not. Uh, I don't like either of these teams at all. We got Dallas heading to Seattle, and Seattle's a one-point home favorite, a total of 41.5. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, but, yeah, Seattle, my power in here, Seattle minus 1.5. Westgate open uh, before Monday night, Seattle three, and then reopen at Seattle one. Uh, look headline here, Seattle minus three, even money. Uh, and then the total, same type of deal, uh, open 42 and a half, and then after Monday night football, open 41 and a half. So you can see a little bit of adjustment there. Obviously, downgrading that Seattle offense, uh, pretty much what that's telling you. <laughs> um, and, I, and then, uh, I don't know, here's my number, numbers kind of coming right where it is. Another thing I don't really have much of a feel for. I'd, I'd Wanted to get to the Dallas window, uh, the window on Dallas last week. I never really did, but I kind of hit myself there. I probably should have because I kind of like that side against the Giants. But now it's a different different spot here where they're on the road against Seattle, and you kind of go home with that Seattle home crowd. It would be interesting to see because I still in my power range give them uh, definitely a bump up compared to every other home home field advantage. But if they keep uh, not playing well and not having that good of a record, that home field advantage is definitely going to go down throughout the year. So that might be something where you could find some value. But I don't know if it's going to quite matter this early in the season. I think there'll still be good showing. It'll still be a pretty loud crowd and love that 12th man. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they can do if they can put it together here and get a win at home against Dallas. But at the same time, I don't. I just. I really don't like the Seattle team. Is what it comes down to. And it's another 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 game where I don't really like the Dallas side as much either, especially after a big win divisional game there last week when I kind of liked them. I don't think this is a really good spot for me either. It's definitely a spot for Seattle if uh, if you did like the Seattle side, but. 
I just don't know if I can get to the window here. I, just, I don't know if I can just trust the Seattle team laying points right now. Yeah, you got both teams coming off prime time. Uh, I think it is a pretty good spot for Seattle coming off back-to-back road games. They were competitive against Denver. Not really sure what to make of that. Only losing by three. And then last week, uh, or last night, I guess, uh, losing at Chicago where they their offense couldn't look any more anemic. It was just pretty pathetic. Well, it was frustrating because I had a, I put in a personal bet there on Seattle to when I got up to five, figuring that Russell Wilson will at least be able to keep him close. And the defense actually played better than I expected, um, but only giving up 20 points to Trubisky in the offense. But the the Seattle's offense was just abysmal. So um, maybe they'll get right at home in front of their home fans, uh, potentially. But I just don't think they have a lot of talent anymore. They just seem kind of depleted. And, uh, you know, on offense with Baldwin, out, they just don't really have any playmakers. So I think I'd still look that way just because I do think it's a great spot for Seattle. And like you said, I still, I still do think they have a pretty good home field advantage. So them only laying one here, I think, shouts a little bit to, hey, one team won on, on in prime time on Sunday night. And one team lost on Monday night, so everyone was watching it. So I do think there's probably a little bit of overreaction. It's just a matter of if I can kind of, you know, bite my whatever, you know, bite my tongue, and <laughs> I don't even know what the expression is, but just come right back to the well again with Seattle. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a sick move to come right back and do that after they basically showed me absolutely nothing last night and lost some money for me. But if I take that out and just look at it unemotionally i think that's the right side with some value so unless they're a totally dead team this year which is hard to imagine that they're just an absolute disaster i think the value does lie with seattle uh sunday night game we have new england heading to detroit and new england a six and a half point road favorite with a total of 51 and a half yeah my power in here new england minus five and a half west get open new england seven look at line new england six and a half and the total open 51 and a half uh, it's pretty similar to that Arizona game. I think it's uh, Detroit or pass here if uh, if you wanted anything. But I don't like this side as much. I just really don't like this Detroit locker room. I don't like the head coach. I didn't really like him moving into the season. I heard some people said that they're going to be a, a dark horse, be pretty good. I just really, I never really saw it. And I don't know if that could be further from what uh, some people were predicting from that perspective. So I just don't know. This, this Detroit team just seems uh, really tough to back right now. But again, it just comes down to a value standpoint. But I'd be even less inclined to back Detroit in this game as opposed to back in Arizona against Chicago and the few games ago we talked about because I just don't like back uh, betting against New England in general. Then you have to add in the fact that they um, come into this game after they lost and not only lost, they didn't cover. Uh, I know they were laying points. Obviously, they didn't cover, but they lost by a pretty big margin there too. So it wasn't even that uh, that close or a field goal game. They lost by 11 points and got, got the Bortles effect. And uh, I think this would be a spot where they can come in and take advantage of Detroit. So it's just a game I really don't want to get in front of, and I probably won't be betting at all. But, again, I'm not going to be laying uh, points with New England on the road uh, this many points. It's uh, Detroit or pass for me, but I probably won't get to the window at all. Yeah, bet New England off loss over the years has pretty much been like free money. But uh, there's another team that kind of not screwed me, but I'm a little jaded about since they got the best of me last week uh, with a pretty uncompetitive effort that I didn't get to see much of. So I don't know. If that's something that's just kind of a situational thing or you credit Jacksonville or if there is some larger red flags here and there is value to go against this New England team. Uh, it is the rematch, or not a rematch, but Patricia 
coming over to coach Detroit here when he was with New England last year as the D coordinator. So uh, Belichick seems like the kind of guy that he's not going to want to embarrass him, but he also might want to, uh, you know, school the, the pupil, the pupil here pretty good. So, um, I don't know. I, this is kind of also almost like a little bit like rivers. Stafford's the kind of guy that sometimes they'll play good and six and a half is a, quite a few points to get with them. And even if he's bad, uh, early, he's still alive to come through the back door late in a meaningless game. So if it does get up to seven again. I'd be a little tempted to take Detroit, but like you mentioned earlier too, like the locker room concerns and uh, just Detroit's not really a team. I have backed much the last couple of years, not a team I enjoy backing, but this would be the profile spot of, of where I'd like to back Detroit if they're getting uh, somewhere in this point spread range. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with this game yet, if anything. Then the Monday night game, we have Pittsburgh heading to Tampa Bay. It's like Pittsburgh's a point road favorite, a total of 53.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh 2.5, Westgate open, Pittsburgh 3. There's no look headline that I could find, but I'm not really sure why that wouldn't have been. I guess it's the... Roethlisberger was um, kind of questionable going into last week. I don't know if that would have lingered to this week or not. Yeah, but... potentially. I, didn't, I forgot about that, so that might have been it, but I couldn't find one. There might have been one out there, but I couldn't find one. And then the total here at Westgate open 53. Uh, this game here, I just... Uh, <laughs> do you back the team that's hot and fits magic and think he's going to keep it going? I mean, just the way he's been playing, it's just it's a, it's pretty much going to be impossible for him to keep that rate up. I mean, at some point he's going to have to have a downfall here and have a down week, but it's just a matter of when. I mean, it's been been pretty impressive. But uh, and then Pittsburgh, they kind of been their offense played all right, but again, that Kansas City defense isn't too good at all. So it's not really saying much. Not that Tampa Bay is a stellar defense by any stretch, but I just, uh, again, I just don't like Pittsburgh on the road here. It seems like Roethlisberger is kind of one of those quarterbacks. And since due to that, in the last 10 years, Pittsburgh's kind of been one of those teams that's just kind of a home away split where they just uh, are a lot better at home. And uh, that's kind of why I backed them last week. And not, obviously they didn't get there, but it's just a team here where you don't know that I won't expect one of those performances like we've talked about in week one where they just kind of don't show up and anything like that. You'd think that they wouldn't have one of those type of performances, but. I don't know. This Pittsburgh team is kind of a little confusing to me. It's kind of hard for me to figure out exactly what they are or when to back them and, and bet them. So I'm not really sure. I think it's one of those deals. I'm probably not going to be betting most of these Pittsburgh games until I have a better feel for Pittsburgh and Roethlisberger and, and what this offense has. And and, and obviously Le'Veon uh, with that, that question mark too in the locker room is kind of difficult to handicap as well. So I, I don't know. I guess it's my long way of saying I don't really have a feel for this game, mostly because of the Pittsburgh side. But obviously Fitzpatrick doesn't help either with the a quarterback that comes in and plays uh, the way he did for the first two weeks. So I, I really don't have a lean either way on this game. Uh, I think if anything, I might lean under the total at 53, 53 and a half, 54, but definitely not something too strong. I think uh, if anything, uh, yeah, like I said, a little bit under the total. What, uh, cause I would say, I, I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to bet it or not, but I'd say if anything on this one, I almost lean over just cause, I think Pittsburgh, I guess you do have the road struggles of the Pittsburgh offense is, is fair. But, I mean, they put up in the rain the first game against Cleveland, who we can tell is a lower-scoring team. They put up 42 points. And then last week they had that shootout against Kansas City, and Tampa's gone over both games. And they put up quite a – they're kind of a pretty terrible defense, and Fitzpatrick's been slinging it around. I mean, I, I think you could make the case that 
Fitzpatrick has been a little bit of a mirage and we'll regress some. And then you got the road Steelers. So I can understand how you can make a case for the total going under, I guess. Um, or I could see how you could make a case for it going over here too. Cause they're both kind of, I think dead nuts over teams. So I don't know. Um, I guess I would probably lean over, but don't feel strongly. It is a pretty high number as far as the side goes. How crazy, like if you would have told us you're getting this kind of number on Pittsburgh coming into the year, I think you would have bet a pretty good amount of money on it. Thinking we all thought Tampa was going to be in the mix for one of the worst four or five teams in the league. Yeah, and we thought Pittsburgh was going to be one of the best four to five teams in the league. This would have seemed like an insane bargain. Um, but obviously the way the first couple of weeks have played out, all the evidence has been to the contrary for the most part. So I think this number is pretty justified. And uh, this is another one where I'd love to step in and bet Pittsburgh here laying one. But I just don't I don't trust him on the road at all. And I also felt pretty strongly about him last week along with you. And what I thought was a pretty good spot back at home, and they couldn't get it done. So I don't know if I'm – I just think them being on the road here kind of holds me back from jumping on board with them again. Well, that teams are gunshot here the last, uh, last stretch of these games, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I also don't trust Tampa or Fitzpatrick or anything about them to go 3-0 and either and on prime time here against what we thought was a top-tier team. So I, I agree, long way. Let's go about saying – I. Probably won't be involved in this one either, but um, this one I'm curious to watch at least. I think it should be a good matchup uh, from a viewership standpoint. So that'll do her for the week three slate. Kind of a tough one there, but, uh, you know, we just uh, went through, gave our opinions, and that's all you can do. All you can do is break down what they give you. All you can do is play what's on your slate. Um, so anyway, let's wrap it up here with the AS Pick of the Week. The AS Pick of the Week. So I got mine home last week with the over in that Pittsburgh-Kansas City game about midway through the third quarter. And you lost yours with Pittsburgh, who was down 21 nothing early. came back and tied it up. Looked like they might uh, actually come back and cover that and then kind of fell flat on their face again and ended up losing. So I will keep the tee box. I'm, what, I'm 2-0 and in the year, and you're 0-1-1. That's correct, sir. So... There's not really much here this week, but uh, I think one we mentioned that we both like is the Rams catching seven at the Chargers. Uh, this is going to be my pick for the week. Yeah, the, the Chargers? Chargers? I, mean, I don't know, if, know what line you're looking at, but the Chargers catch seven, correct? Oh, let's I flip that around. Yeah, the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. They're both L.A. teams. I don't yeah. know. I just figured I'd take it, take the seven with L.A. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a smart move. That's how I've been doing so good on my picks of the week. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, yeah, that's uh, obviously we both like that play, and I was, thought you were going to take mine again like uh, you did week one, but uh, luckily didn't. So, yeah, I'm going to look at the game before that, and I'll take uh, San Francisco plus the points there against Kansas City. Like I said, I don't think uh, it's kind of, that's kind of the annoying part of doing it early in the week. Sometimes it works out in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. Getting better numbers if I think it's going to move. But like I said, I don't think there's any hurry for this number. I kind of see some indicators it's going to go to seven, but. All you can do is take what we can at the current podcast. So I think six and a half looks like the prevailing number. So I'm going to be taking uh, San Francisco plus six and a half at Kansas City for my pick of the week. All right. We got two dogs in the above the touchdown range. So hopefully those will come through for us. Any other concluding pa- thoughts on the pod this week, Rob? No, not really. Like I said, it's a little bit of a lighter card for me. I don't expect a whole lot of plays, uh, maybe a couple here uh, released on the card on, on enrollsports.com uh, for the Sunday slate. but. It'll be interesting to see. I think hopefully we can watch some teams and get some value. It'll be nice. Uh, it should be 
able to go home and uh, we would be able to watch all the games on all the screens. So it should be a little bit better feel, I think, this week than opposed to the other weeks. I and mean, it also helps, too, when Minnesota's got kind of a layup game where hopefully it shouldn't be uh, too competitive, at least from our sake, from a viewership. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that, that's the case, and usually we can uh, you know, pay attention to more games instead of focusing solely on the Vikings game. So it'll be nice to be able to get a good grasp here with all the games playing on Sunday. For sure. That sounds good. Um, well, I think that'll do it then for this week. Uh, best of luck to everybody here in week three, and uh, we'll be back next week to break it all down and look over the week four slate. So good luck to everybody. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.